Alrighty, welcome back to DC Cinematic Minute. It's the daily podcast in which we analyze Man of Steel by each individual minute. My name is Mark. You can find me on all social media at Mark Meadows. And I'm Nathan. You can find me on that internet as well at No Clutch Nate. My name is Rebecca Johnson. You can find me on Twitter at DerbyKid. That's D-E-R-B-Y-K-I-D. And I'm one of the co-hosts of Supergirl Radio, a show about the CW series uh, called Supergirl. My favorite of the CW shows. Nice. Um, This minute, we're talking about minute number 118 of Man of Steel. And the minute starts with the scout ship falling from the sky. uh, And then the minute ends with Feora now aboard the C-17. Do you guys have any big questions or thoughts about this minute? You're just going to... Just leaving it open. (laughs) Well, one of the things I think is really cool, especially when looking back, I, I think Batman v Superman, like actually having seen that a lot and then going back and rewatching Man of Steel, it gives a lot more to uh, connect the movies. So there's a moment in this minute where uh, the glass from the Genesis chamber breaks in the scout ship and the water starts flooding it. And I always kind of, I thought that that's why in Batman v Superman, when Lex goes into the ship, that's why there's water there and it's sort of flooded. Um, mm-hmm. But I think I think that's right. I think that's that's why that is. So I think that this part of the minute is really cool to see it now, having seen that moment with Lex. So I like when they uh, when they connect the dots between these movies. Yeah, you are absolutely right in that assumption. I think so. Yeah, and you know, then Lex kind of retrofits the birthing chamber for. Uh, we'll get there one day. <laughs> Good one. Um, so yeah. Uh, Nate, did you have anything? No, um, <clears throat> I mean, nothing too too big that's, I mean, like, if you want to get right into it, we see that scout ship falls out of the sky. Great, cool, we already saw that. That was happening. We saw the effects of that. We get to see a shot of Jenny. She's all right. Everybody on the on the street, you know, they're, they're doing okay. They're, they're looking up at what's happening. But again, it switches to a bystander's perspective when we get a closer look up at the sky mm-hmm. and then we start to see a scene that we will also see in the beginning of a movie that happens in a couple years from now. So you <laughs> want to just start to talk in then or a couple, couple years, years from, from then, from then, from then, from which 20. is a year ago from now. Yes. There you go. That's so how time go. works. You want to, uh, was that a good, good enough transition for you to start jumping? <laughs> was into that it? good enough, Mark? Are you happy? Are you good? Yeah, you I'm like fine. that? That's great. Absolutely. No, it was good. That is yeah, both of those things, both the uh, the fact chamber. that it switched. Sorry, I no, don't go fine. ahead. Just talk over me. That's cool. I'm sorry. I, I do apologize. it all the time. I was so. reading and then I, I then I looked up. <laughs> you know, sometimes I just don't care about things that you have to say, Mark. Yeah, that's fine. Go ahead. Um, the birthing chamber and the ship uh, kind of slicing through those skyscrapers. That is stuff that we kind of see again in the next film. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it was. I like again, like I was gonna say, I like that they noted to to switch back to. Perry, Steve, and Jenny on the ground and then look up. Like that whole bystander perspective really needs to put it into um, that there is still things happening on the ground level after the world engine was destroyed. And I think that's that's more important is that seeing seeing Perry, Steve, and Jenny is not just like, a, okay, well, we need to catch up and see what's going yeah, on no, with these no, characters. No, it's not even about that. It's about seeing ground People. civilians yeah. dealing with an event like that because that's what the whole point of this film is to have yeah. a grounded superman story yeah and, like, and then you jump a movie ahead yeah. and then you actually get the beginning of that movie as someone again another important character but it's still he's a bystander at that point he's he's witnessing the same thing that everybody else in that city is witnessing yeah 
for the first time. Um, and you know, we get to see that Jenny is successfully freed from from the debris, the rubble, and mm-hmm. all that. So that is good to see. Um, once it's crashed, then the birthing chambers are destroyed. Is this a metaphor to the end of Krypton? Because that's how I took it. Like you're seeing it. Being it's supposed broken. to. It's supposed to. Um, I think this again. I think this is the um, the uh, the answer to when Zod was crying out, "If you destroy the ship, you destroy Krypton." It's yeah. like again. I think that was kind of missed on the general audience, where it was like, "Oh yeah, I mean, I guess so." Just because it's Kryptonian and they're all Kryptonian, this is the end of the battle, big deal. But then when you actually you know, take into effect that, well, why is Zod saying this? Because it has a birthing chamber, because this is one of the last ships that, you know, is actually something that's Kryptonian, you know. More important than the Black Zero. Exactly. Yeah, it it makes... It makes Superman so much more important because he he has the the codex living inside him, um, and he is the one who can carry on the Kryptonian heritage after that. Even even when all these Kryptonians go away, um, so the the destruction of the the birthing chamber is an important milestone. I, I like the way of thinking about that. That 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 is kind of the end of the line for the I, I guess the race of Kryptonians. Mm-hmm. Um, so so that makes uh, Superman way more important if you look at it that way. It's true. It's all. This is all true. Last son. The that last name, son. That's right. Yeah, that that name should should hit a little bit harder now for people that are Superman fans, especially in this universe. So instead of us referring to him as Kal-El, we should just always refer to him as the last son of Krypton. Is this the turning point of the film that we're gonna <laughs> start talking? That we're gonna change? It's his like name? Uh, <laughs> what do people call Batman all the time? The Cape Crusader, Dark Knight. The Dark Knight. Just, yeah, just always refer to him as that. No, I like Detective. A better detective. I always oh, refer detective. to him as detective. Yeah, yeah. Good, World's uh, greatest yeah. detective. I like that. He's one. always he, he will always be my detective. Um, <laughs> I, I was <laughs> never mind. I got a, I got a picture of him in my locket. Yeah. <laughs> um. Anyways, <laughs> I write to him. Feora is gonna do something about this current situation. We're pet pals. You guys, you and Bruce. Yeah. Okay. Feora enters an escape pod, um, and I really like this nice interior design that's inside the. I don't know if we talked about this, but it looks like the inside of a cell. It looks like a mitochondrion. Of her escape pod? Yeah. Is this where we also get to see her helmet starting to form up on her? When she's like, her back is to the camera. She's like walking into the escape pod all like awesome astronaut style. I think so. Did you take a note about her helmet building up on her head? You should watch that. It's, it's really cool. <laughs> I, yes. I, was too, I was too focused looking at her flowing cape. I love the the shot of behind her with the, the the cape flying in the wind. That's pretty awesome. Is she the Boba Fett of this movie? I think we said that. Did we say that already? Yeah. I don't know why. I think, the I think that's cape. appropriate. I think that's what it is. Yeah. We're we're doing it. We're creating this video. It I'm, exists. I'm not doing it. <laughs> You're doing it. It's true. It's all true. It's true. All of it. It's cool. Her helmet like kind of forms up like you know obviously from her suit, but like. It's, there's like a spine that goes up the back of her of her crown, and then it starts to spread out in like that glassy kind of cover up, and then like you know it comes up and covers her mouth. It's just really cool. Like I don't, everything's again organic Every, and flowing. Everything she does is cool. That's just that's just a way of life at this point. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I like how you guys were were all about Feyre, and I was over here like, look at the interior design of that escape <clears> pod. <throat> it's so cool. It looks like the inside of of a cell. Um, well. Well, I actually noticed something for the first time that I'd never really seen before about Feyora's escape pod is that the the wings are up 
like they're they're uh, it looks like there are wings on the I, I guess they they go up to help steady her as she as she's flying. But yeah. like Lois Lois is in one of these escape pods earlier in the movie, but I don't I don't think they do that because it's just kind of falling out. So it doesn't need the wings, I guess, to come up. But I, I just thought that was interesting with Feora that it did something a little bit different with this escape pod. They did have wings on on Lois. Oh, they did it? Did off. it? Okay. Yeah, they, oh, they oh, broke okay. Oh, okay. It was supposed to do what she's doing. Like the escape pods, it's are, like dragonfly beetle wings. It's yeah. supposed to look like yeah. It's supposed to have the wings come out. It's supposed to be more like a plane than it is like a bullet that comes down or like. The way it does for Lois Lane. Uh, the only reason it doesn't do that is obviously because Carvex, like, breaks it with her hand before she escapes. Ah, she yes. It. No, okay. she punches through it. Punches through. Yeah, remember Jorah's like, oh, yeah, head. She d- yeah, yeah, Car- yeah. Carvex comes in, <clears throat> punches into the wall, and rips a bunch of stuff out. And then she also shoots it. I guess, yeah, she also did shoot it. Yeah, you're right. So she did both. Um, so, yeah, I. My note was that Feor is flying the escape pod like it's intended to. So now we actually get to see what a what a functioning escape pod looks like. Um, but yeah, she she does know how to, how to use it. She also like it's cool how she kind of like has like a surfing moment with it. Like oh, if she opens it, open it. She's yeah. standing straight up. It's like gliding. It's like wow, that's cool. Yeah, that needs to be an action figure. Why is that not an action figure? Maybe it is. Maybe it is. Somebody send it to us. <laughs> um, so, you know, then cutting back to the C-17, Emil Hamilton, uh, I have here as a question, uh, this is his purpose? This is, what, <laughs> this, is what he, yeah. this is what it's all been building up for. Right? I, I wrote down, are we supposed to see that the baby space cow ship uh, bomb is misaligned? And it's now a bomb now, so it's the baby space crib cow ship bomb. That's a good question. Are we yeah, supposed think, to see that's misaligned? I don't know. I think so because I, and something I didn't notice. I, I feel so ashamed of myself now. That I, now that I'm going back one minute at a time, I'm like, oh, I didn't notice this before. And I guess that's the point of this exercise is is that when you go and you look at it one minute at a time, you do notice some things you haven't seen before, but. Um, right after Hamilton tilts his head to try to figure out what's going on with the Kryptonian key, the camera actually tilts mm-hmm. as, in, in a way that it's trying to reinforce to us that we're not looking at it correctly. So I, I like that use of the camera. That it sort of does the, the head tilt uh, with Hamilton to help us understand what's going on there. Mm-hmm, absolutely. Uh, the camera does turn the same way that his head turns. So I guess it's like a point of view shot. Like, that yeah, is him turning his head? That's what that camera's doing. Could Are be. we just supposed to be giving? Is this answer to like why it's not working? Is this just supposed to be like spoon fed to us, or are we actually supposed to see an, a, a a visual misalignment? That's what my I think. Question that's that, was. yeah. That's that's my question my... is seeing this for the first time. <clears throat> do you now understand the solution given the camera turn? I think it's just supposed to be spoon-fed to you. Like, oh, hey, by the way, this was the problem. I don't see it, to be honest. I don't see it. I've never seen... I, I've, I've looked at it before. There's, like, little indentations on the front. I thought those were, like, the finger thumbprints that Feora used to rip it open. But then when we said that she ripped the flaps open, they just stayed open. That's not it. I didn't know if those finger things are supposed to be where you're supposed to put your fingers to move it. 
uh, I didn't, I, I just, again, watching it minute by minute, like, I think this is just like a spoon fed solution to the audience. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, I, I don't know. I was still kind of confused on what, what was missing here. I mean, obviously now looking back at it, like the turning of the head means like, oh, it needs to be turned somehow. Is this Jor-El's like child safety lock? Like how like medicine bottles have, <laughs> you got to push down. Like he's like, all right, well, like once Cal gets out, like it's going to shift and push down, then yeah, turn you can, left. You got to <laughs> do that. You got to push yeah. it against it and turn it. Hmm. He designed the ship. He's a crazy Frankenstein guy. You have no idea what's going on in his head. Exactly. I don't know. I, I'm trying to think of it. And then I'm also trying to think of like another film that makes it super obvious. Like, oh yeah, it's, you know do something with it i don't know like what other film is it there's tons like an obvious like where it's like an obvious like hey this is what's wrong you need to do this or it's like it's like a and then the character has like an oh yeah like obviously i don't know what see when you try to think of stuff i always just sound like an idiot it's gotta be just like really bad movies that are like the solutions Hold just on. really simple all bad movies I'm, like, I'm thinking like a b monster movie or something like that you know more than i do i'll just leave it there it's got that's like almost like an episode of mystery science theater like that's exactly what that is like a oh yeah yeah <laughs> just just hit the nose yeah exactly if that was the end of episode one <laughs> <laughs> oh man that'd be good well hit like, the nose <laughs> It's well, the, the the humans on the plane, I, I think it, it helps reinforce to me that they're they're not stupid. They just don't know things. Like, they know to put the key in the little S-shield hole, but they don't know to turn the the knob, if you will. So I, I sort of like that they, they do that in a way that it doesn't make them come across as, like, well, duh. You just got to put it in there and then turn the thing. Like, you wouldn't know that. So I, I like that this minute. I wouldn't minute, know that. I wouldn't know that, so I'm glad that they do reinforce to the audience, like, hey, they're not stupid, they just don't know how this works. <laughs> so I, I, that's a relief to me to see that the, the humans uh, do figure it out eventually, and I, I think that's a credit to Emil Ham- Hamilton. He gets his little hero moment. He helps save the, save the day. Yeah, I think it, it like it's not obvious, and I think that's because he's such a smart person that only is like someone as wise as him would be able to be like, huh, it looks out of alignment to me. So then like only a person like Emil Hamilton could, could figure that out. Like I can't figure that out because I'm not Emil Hamilton. Okay. So if I could figure it out, then it seems too easy. Does that make sense? Yeah. That makes perfect yeah. sense. Cool. We start to get some, some gunfire though. Do we? It, yes. At the very end of the minute. But why, why, why do we? Because Feora starts to... Oh, okay. Yeah, You didn't talk about your boy that you were talking smack about. <laughs> oh! <laughs> oh, yes. So they have this crew member. I don't what know do they call name. him? Uh, well, everyone, Is he the loadmaster? They're all called loadmaster. Wait, are they? Or is he just a loadmaster? I think he's a loadmaster. He's the one that answers Hardy. I thought they all were. Like, if you're on the ship doing working on the thing... He said loadmasters. It was plural. Um... So yeah, this loadmaster is crew guy. Uh, he's yelling for Miss Lane, trying to get her back into the ship into safety. Cause you she... know something bad's gonna happen to him. Yeah, but you know this. This to me, it goes back to Zack Snyder having worked on Dawn of the Dead and, and being really good at horror elements. Um, I think it's just campy more than anything. 
Okay, that's fair. Yeah. That's fair. And I'm not dogging on it. I like campy. Um, Feora has a very serial killer moment. <laughs> like uh, some Friday the 13th Jason moment where she comes out of the ground right underneath this dude and sends him flying, which, you know, we have a Wilhelm scream attached to the, him yep, yep. flying out of the ship. So uh, there's that. You trying to think now where it is? No, I'm trying to think what ultimately, like, I mean, obviously Feora comes up through the ground and he, like, goes up and then out. Is there, like, a wind tunnel that picks him up? No. Oh, that's a good Like, question. what's, like, Did actually, like, it looks like he, like, gets sucked out of the plane. Well, he's off the ground. So, uh, can you jump on this, like, thing and, like, just, like, oh, and then just fall out? No, you shouldn't be able to because... How do physics work? Inertia, he should... <laughs> if he jumps, he'll just land back where he's standing because right? he's already in movement. Yeah, he's, he's going works. the same speed as the plane right now. Yeah, but because of the force of her... It, it kind of, like, like, throws him, yeah, throws but it looks out. more like he goes up and it should come down. You know what I mean? Instead of, like... And then she just picks him up, like, tears... She, like, tears open, like, and then he should be, like, whoa, like, like wave, so metal she pops, wave. She pops through the floor... He flies up and then he comes back down. She holds him in his in Maybe her arms. Bounces like, on the ground a couple times and like then rolls Scooby-Doo out. Scooby Doo and Shaggy, they have like one of those moments. Ooh, yeah, that'd be and nice. then she's like, uh, and then you're not Colonel Hardy, and then throws him out. I'm the captain now. It's <laughs> exactly what she says. Yeah, no, it's uh good. It's just like it's super campy. His voice annoys me. Miss Lane, your voice annoys <laughs> me. I know that. That's why I do a podcast. <laughs> Um, but they start shooting at Feora with Lois Lane, like in the line of fire behind her. She kind of like goes, uh, and then falls down and she's like grasping onto the edge of the ramp and they're shooting at Feora and the bullets are just bouncing off. They know bullets just bounce off these Kryptonians, don't they? Wasn't that like a radio thing that was called to them? Like, Hey, keep an eye out, shooting on them. No, they don't. You know, Colonel Hardy just stands there just watching her. When Lois look, could have been hit by these bullets and this grenade and no, stuff. No, you're that right. Getting hit you ain't with. wrong. I've always That's thought true. that. <laughs> always thought like they're just like boom, they're just gonna shoot. Like no, whoa, 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 well, when civilian. It, when it comes to Lois Lane, Lois Lane in danger, uh, <laughs> I have a I have a lot of questions about that. Regarding not today's minute, but also uh, tomorrow's minute and Friday's minute, I have a lot of questions about that. Okay, but you know we'll get there. Um, but yeah, I'll I'll just say that. It seems like these people don't really care about her safety. Maybe in that's a sense. every single time Lois Lane is in danger, it's just <laughs> the other parties like doing it to her. They yeah. just don't care about her safety, so that's why she always comes off as I'm always in danger. I'm always going to fit. It's like no, people just don't you care about you. You could say that cuz in the next <laughs> film, they are kind of like Oh, that's so true. Yeah, they don't do anything so to help other her. people put Lois Lane in danger. Yeah, it's not just there. Her. You go. Write a post about she it. She likes to think she puts herself <laughs> in danger. They just don't care about her safety. <laughs> that's and a terrible take. Into the fire. It's so bad. I try to think about it in terms of the soldiers that, like, they're genuinely dealing with possibly the end of their existence. <laughs> so, oh yeah, totally. So, so they're they're just doing whatever they they can. Now, I, as a Lois Lane fan, I'm like, you need to take her into account. Do not kill Lois Lane. But yeah. <laughs> from their from their perspective. They are doing whatever they can to stop this this uh, crazed Kryptonian woman who is killing all of them. So I totally get it, but I I agree with y'all that maybe they could you know ease up on the gunfire. Maybe. <laughs> so I, I I think that's a good point. 
maybe don't use the uh, grenade launcher, which is a Milcore <laughs> Mark 14. Like, on a plane. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty heavy duties. Is there rules? It's like, hey, don't fire a gun on the plane. Especially don't fire a grenade launcher. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, one thing that I thought was really cool, and you don't see it, but it's kind of implied. When she breaks through, you can kind of put two and two together. When she breaks through the floor, she hovers a bit before oh, yeah. she comes back down, which I thought was a really cool effect that we didn't get to really see. But the idea of Feor being able to fly is, I think, a missed opportunity. Kind of. Somewhat. Yeah. I would have liked to see it. Uh, yeah, and then the minute just ends with her. Uh, Hardy is, like, observing her as they're shooting at her. Like, the soldiers are shooting at her. And so, so we're about to get into a, a cool Feor minute tomorrow. Um, but that's all I had for this one. Yeah. What about you guys? You good? No, yeah, I'm good. There's just a lot, of, a lot of, like, this This movie, when you look at it uh, minute by minute, there's a lot of great detail. Like, when uh, Zod's ship is, like, careening and, and crashing down through Metropolis, there's all that destruction. It goes through all the buildings. Um, but there, there are buildings that are on fire. Like, things have happened, and you can see uh, what's really happening to the city of Metropolis. So I really like that attention to detail. And even with the uh, Baby Cal's uh, ship, has all that uh, like smoke that like I guess it's like cold smoke. It, when I look at it, it looks cold, um, just because of all the blue and everything. So I I like getting to see you know the attention to detail that that Snyder and his team put into just these little moments that make it feel real and lived in. So I, I think this mo- this minute did a, a really good job of that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. blue plasma, like coming off the ship. Mm-hmm. I guess maybe that's supposed to signify like oh this is Phantom Zone. I hope this is hyperdrive. Is it? Yeah. I don't I th- know, man. Maybe? I think we're just supposed to put two and two together. We do see a little bit more of it in later on, but then also in the beginning of the movie, we did see the Phantom Zone portals that were, you know, blue, and then that gate with the tentacles on it and was blue. Yeah. Phantom Zone is just blue. It's just blue. It's just a lot of blue. The center of blue world. Yeah. Everyone's just... sad all the time. Exactly. <laughs> I'd be sad if I was in the Phantom Zone. It's so. like a... Yeah, you there's, a, there's a Beatles song in there somewhere. Yeah, there is. <laughs> All right, cool. <laughs> well, we're going to go ahead and wrap up for today. If you enjoyed everything you heard, um, definitely check out everything from Supergirl Radio to Justice League Universe Podcast. Nate and I also do Tarantino Minute. Um, you can also check out some other podcasts that we have under our belt, which is Honey Hold My Beer. It's just two gals who share craft beers and odd stories. And then there's also Stellar Dynamics, which is a podcast about Rush. But then they're also on the radio now here in Winter Park, Florida. You can catch that, what, Sundays, 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. on 91.5 if you're in Orlando, if you have the TuneIn app or whatnot. Uh-huh. So, yeah, check those out. We'll catch you guys tomorrow here on DC Cinematic Minute. 